According to Chef Andres, when people are hungry, send in cooks. Food relief is not just a meal that keeps hunger away. It's a plate of hope. It tells you in your darkest hour that someone, somewhere, cares about you. Sometimes you just have to show up with a sandwich or some warm rice and beans. Welcome to The Shrinks on Third, our psychology and social justice podcast. I'm psychologist Cindy Ariel. And I'm psychologist Julie Mayer. Come on in. We're going to talk about refugees today, Julie. That's good, Cindy, because I find it kind of confusing. You know, what are their rights? How does it work? Can anyone just come into a country if they're escaping something terrible? Well, one terrible thing, the invasion of Ukraine by Vladimir Putin's Russian military in February 2022, led to masses of Ukrainians fleeing to other countries, especially to nearby countries in Europe. That is definitely a terrible thing. And since that initial invasion, over 12.5 million Ukrainians have left their homes to escape the intense fighting and its consequences, the constant terror, the stress, the lack of food, sleep, water, electricity, gas, jobs, and medical care, to name a few. And this goes on all over the world. We're just focused on Ukraine right now because it's kind of recent, but yeah, and it's all over the news and whatever, but there's a lot that the news doesn't cover. You know, that's, this is happening. That This is why we have so many people coming, you know, to the borders and things like that. Mm-hmm. But at any rate, we're using Ukraine as an example. Most Ukrainians escaped to nearby countries like, believe it or not, Russia, and also places like Poland, Germany, Romania. Some of them can later move to other countries, especially if they have family connections, but of course they run to the first available place. Many of them have relatives in Russia, that that might be why they ended up going there. But of course, coming to the US is less likely than fleeing to nearby countries, though more than 71,000 have come here since the spring, and many of them are hoping for full legal protection. Yes, the U.S. has joined a lot of countries that are organizing to help Ukrainians that are fleeing the war and promised to accept 100,000 refugees. But if 12.5 million have left, 100,000 honestly doesn't sound like that much. But the U.S. has never had a great track record with regard to accepting suffering people into the country, at least in the last 100 years or so since that became a thing. It also hasn't been so great when it comes to allowing people to stay here once they are here. Or taking care of the suffering people who live here either. Right. So there are ways to help Ukrainians who were already in the United States, whether legally or maybe overstaying a visa. There's ways to help them stay here legitimately for a longer period of time to protect them right now. And they have made an effort this time. The U.S. is offering what they call temporary protected status, TPS, to certain Ukrainians who were already in the United States as of March, 2022. So this isn't a long-term solution for them in that it doesn't grant any permanent kind of status. 
but it does let Ukrainians who were already in the U.S. apply for a work permit and protection from deportation. That's something at least. Yeah, having fled their country during war right now, many Ukrainians coming now could be considered refugees. But to become officially recognized as a refugee, there are more formal steps you have to take beginning with showing up at an office of the UN High Commission for Refugees, the UNHCR, to apply. The benefit of taking this official step is that with legal refugee status often comes long-term rights to live in another country. But of course, of course, it's never a simple process. No, and there's no way to apply directly to any specific country, including the U.S., If you get approved as a refugee, the UNHCR recommends you be accepted into an available country's resettlement program. That could be anywhere. Yeah. Under an emergency program here called Uniting for Ukraine, the Biden administration is accepting 100,000 Ukrainian refugees to the United States who will be considered on humanitarian parole, something that started for some of the people who fled Afghanistan. So even with that, it's not just a matter of showing up and saying this is what you want. You have to qualify, which for the Uniting for Ukraine program means you need financial sponsorship from a U.S. citizen or permanent resident or somebody with other legal status in the United States. So basically, it's mostly people who have friends or relatives already here. And being part of humanitarian parole gives only limited benefits, like a two-year limited U.S. stay and the possibility of a work permit. Right. It does not directly lead to any permanent U.S. immigration status the way refugee status does. According to the U.S. immigration law, a refugee is someone who has been resettled to the United States through the United States Resettlement Program. Yeah, the United States Citizenship and Immigration Services defines a refugee as someone who is located outside of the United States, is of special humanitarian concern to the United States, demonstrates that they were persecuted or fear persecution due to race, religion, nationality, political opinion, or membership in a particular social group, is not firmly resettled in another country, and is admissible to the United States. It sounds so good. Really, it's very caring. It's like, let's help people. But unfortunately, it's so limited. So recent hateful acts against refugees and immigrants in the United States have created concerns for many of them and their allies. Official refugees have legal status in the United States, which gives them the same rights as citizens. Refugees are required to respect the laws and regulations of the United States and are supposedly respected like any other citizen. Well, Cindy, first of all, I'm not so sure that all citizens get respect here in the United States. I know many don't. And why do you have to be a citizen to get respect? Why doesn't just being a person anywhere get that? Just a rhetorical question. (laughs) Anyway, refugees have the right to receive the same treatment and basic help as any U.S. citizen, or let's say to receive or not to receive. (laughs) Same treatment and basic help as any U.S. citizen or legal resident, including freedom of speech, of movement, uh, freedom to live in safety at home and in the community. If they're a victim of a crime, they can call 911 for help 
they have a right to live and work safely here. Mm, So freedom to interact with the police. (laughs) (laughs) Like any citizen, refugees have the right not to be discriminated against because of their religion, nationality, or group membership. And they have the right to advocate for their community and not be afraid to talk to elected officials or groups taking action about issues that they care about, including refugee issues. As legal residents, they're also allowed to own guns. And as we know, statistics have shown that they're less likely to use one to commit crimes, certainly less than an American citizen actually is. Yep. And then after one year of official residence here, a refugee can apply for a green card, which makes them a permanent resident and allows them to live and work in the United States and start the process to become a naturalized U.S. citizen. And then they can apply for U.S. citizenship after five years of being a resident. They do have to follow the U.S. laws, or for refugees, that can be problematic. Being arrested or even accused of a crime, even for minor offenses, can jeopardize their legal status and could even result in deportation for anyone who's not yet a full U.S. citizen. And there have been reports of agents from the FBI, Federal Bureau of Investigation, and or the Department of Homeland Security, DHS, visiting refugees' homes to talk to them. They don't have to open the door. They actually have the right to privacy in their own home, theoretically. But do they know that, too, you know? Yeah. I think organizations, you know, work to try to help them know their rights, but it's hard and it's scary. Scary. At least come near to her. Even immigration enforcement or the FBI can't enter the home of a refugee without a warrant. If they do come with a warrant, like all Americans, refugees have the right to remain silent and not say anything to police or other kind of enforcement agents. And they also have the right to have an interpreter present when they do agree to an interview with law enforcement or immigration. So they have some control, but again, do they know it and about, you know, the fear of exercising it. Yeah. If necessary, refugees have the right to have a lawyer represent them. And there are some who do this pro bono. The ACLU might have referrals for that sort of thing. Right. Recently, due to the dire situation for Ukrainians, the U.S. government is offering ways to make some of the rules for refugees a little more flexible. So, for example, Ukrainian students can apply to reduce their course load to work more and still be eligible for financial aid if their parents or other support from Ukraine has been impacted by the war. A lot of organizations in the U.S., as well as organizations around the world, including the UNHCR, CARE, or the International Rescue Committee, the IRC, are offering lots of help to Ukrainians. People and organizations are working around the clock to get them basic needs like food, water, shelter, and clothing. Whether you want to raise awareness on issues in Ukraine, fundraise for causes in Ukraine, volunteer directly or whatever, there's an organization. Definitely there's one out there that needs your support. If you have direct contact with anyone in Ukraine, that's obviously a good place to start and offer support. We specifically want to mention the amazing work, and I donate to them, that we learned about by the World Central Kitchen, which is a nonprofit organization founded by a well-known Spanish chef. You've probably heard of him, Jose Andres. You have to look them up, they're terrific. His organization trains and uses local chefs to cook meals for people dealing with conflict, 
or natural disaster situations around the world. For example, they recently showed up in Florida to help survivors of Hurricane Ian. Within hours of the initial Russian invasion of Ukraine, World Central Kitchen set up stations with teams of cooks, first on a Polish border where many Ukrainians had fled, and then quickly they expanded into Ukraine and other countries refugees headed to, such as Moldova, Romania, Hungary, Slovakia, Spain, and Germany. According to Chef Andres, when people are hungry, send in cooks. Food relief is not just a meal that keeps hunger away. It's a plate of hope. It tells you in your darkest hour that someone, somewhere, cares about you. Sometimes you just have to show up with a sandwich or some warm rice and beans. That's so nice. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. We need to remember that being a refugee means that you've escaped or you're trying to escape from something terrible. Your life has been completely disrupted and you don't know what's ahead for you. There's a lot of loss and plenty to be worried about. So if we can help them feel a little better, cared for, supported, let's all do what we can. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. You can find us at shrinksonthird.com and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Shrinks on Third. Till next time. Take care.